Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 167. again welcome to the world of myth bits episode 167 it feels like so many um, all right so let's jump in to some housekeeping because as you know last week uh i kind of gave my own rundown on events because uh dave was not feeling his best and i really did not want to be a bother uh but there is plenty of news this week. So, uh, first and foremost, Michael A. Arnold's book, Processing Things, goes on sale on Tuesday, March 
first. Uh, I did the cover for his book, and it was so much fun. Dave Dave was able to pinpoint uh, Michael's favorite artist and, and one of his favorite pieces, and we worked off of that. And, again, it just I love doing book covers. It's so much fun. All right. Um, so also the job of editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics is going to be divided into separate positions. Current editor-in-chief Christopher Harris will be taking a hands-on role with the talent as managing editor. And Dave had a meeting last week with a potential new editor-in-chief, so more to come on that. Uh, very exciting. All right. Also... Nolan Smith and his Pastrami Nation podcast uh, are now here uh, being, they are now a part of the Jayzo Modcast Network. So congratulations and welcome, guys. We need more, we need more nerds and more nerdy space. So I'm very excited for this edition. Uh, also, the fourth annual open contract challenge will start next week. Uh, go to www.opencontractchallenge.com and read over the new rules and regulations, all that, including the new wildcard rule. Ooh. <laughs> also, MythMart has uh, new ways of payment and is currently in negotiations with a firm for MythMart credit lines and now... Uh, they offer a PayPal later credit to buy now and pay later. Uh, also, if you are interested in reaching potential customers, check out the advertising pages on the magazine and podcast network website for more information, please. Always a smart thing to get your advertisements out there. And finally, the Jayzomon Dark Myth Company is resurrecting New Wave Comics as an independent publishing company for creator-owned comics. This week, John Costas has signed on to be the new division's managing editor. So see, I told you, there was a lot of new news. Uh, so congratulations to everybody who is now a major part of the Jayzomon network in general. Uh, not just the podcast network, just the the network in general. Um, yeah, so very exciting stuff. Um, we are jumping into March next week, and call me crazy, but that seems insane uh, that we are already in March. I'm a little bit in disbelief of that, honestly. But it is what it is, and... Uh, now is our time to jump full steam ahead with Pop Culture Expo. Um, I've had my hands full the past forever. <laughs> I got, I got like, um, I got to a point, right? Like last week I was like, yes, I'm, uh, I'm able to kind of start doing a couple of my personal projects and then... For some reason, I don't know what happened in the air, but some reason I just got hit with like a bunch of freaking jobs. So, <laughs> not that I'm complaining. Um, you know, it just it's it's one of those like. <clears throat> but uh, starting starting the first, I'm going to get back to 
PCE focused graphics and all of that. Fortunately, I was able to kind of really get a lot done, you know, and we're still preparing for uh, PCE to happen in February, but things happen. And, uh, you know, so now it's time. Now it's time to get back on it, finish up the little things, and just start bombarding the algorithms. Um, so there's, there's a couple things on my, on my brainy brain this week. Uh, one, one of them is, and I talked to Dave about it, so nothing's like set in stone right now or anything. Um, and it's nothing bad. I, you guys know that the content I try to bring, you know, uh, to the show, I like, I like research. I like information. I like thoughtfulness. I like things that kind of generate a little bit of creativity and all of that centered around the idea of creativity. So I am going to work um, basically on conceptualizing a nice, uh, cohesive new format. Nothing outrageous, nothing totally different. Just something to where I feel like everybody is getting something very interesting and fun out of every episode instead of me just rambling or going on about my feelings about things. I don't know. Maybe that's that's why you listen. I don't know. Uh, but that is my ultimate goal. So I'm going – I already have some – some starting points and I'm going to really focus on that. So within the next couple weeks, um, hopefully I can, I can start bringing that to you. And I don't know if you actually notice, but we have a new intro, uh, Joe ever so sweetly. <laughs> he gave me a theme song. Um, and I love it. I love it so much because it, it's, it feels very me. Um, and it just, I don't know, there's something very sweet <laughs> about him, you know, taking on the, the project of writing me my own theme song. Not everybody gets that romantically or even, uh, for their, uh, work life. So that is a lot of fun to me, uh, having that, that custom song specifically for, myself and this podcast. So hopefully you all enjoy it as well. It feels very accurate to who I am as a person. Um, so as you can see, like I said, I, I just want to come at this with absolute respect. You know, I, I wish I could do the podcast full time. Um, I wish that were my, you know, I wish that were my job. <laughs> I was doing it you know, I could sit here and I could I could research things day in and day out. But the reality is, um, I need I need the time to really get something down that, like I said, I feel is informational and interesting and cohesive in not just thought, but in theme. You know, and so uh, that's that's where I'm at. So. I want to 
I mean, obviously, we're sticking with the reviews and everything. Don't worry about that. That's Like I said, nothing's really changing. I just need to get my ducks in a row is what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the biggest me right now. Um, the second thing is, you know, and I don't want to be too somber because, you know, it, it, there's plenty of that right now. But it does feel a little weird you know, to be speaking into a microphone right now with everything that's going on um, in Ukraine at the moment. And, you know, we unfortunately, this is this is not the first horrific uh, thing that we've seen, uh, especially depending on on your age, you know. And so it it just feels weird you know it it feels like I don't know I I grew up um I'm 30 and I I grew up basically at the peak of 9-11 and school shootings um we, you know, I I remember being in fifth grade and watching the coverage of of the Columbine uh, shooting at school, and that was horrific. Um, and then being in sixth grade on my way to school, and he, you know, hearing it on our local radio uh, news about the the towers and everything, and you know, a lot of my my school life from then on was school shooter drills, uh, as well as uh, terrorist attack drills. And I'm sure everybody else, you know, my age and younger and older all have very similar experiences. You know, I know my nephew does. I know... Uh, it's just un- the unfortunate reality of what to anticipate. Um, and so I feel like, you know, there there was a time, too, when I was in high school where things were very normalized to see, very gruesome things, you know, kind of at the... The internet had already been around for for plenty of time, but it was really, really gaining traction in terms of shareability, in terms of uh, networking, sort of as we know it now. And there was always something, always something that we were seeing and... It was it was horrible, you know, and and now it's so easily accessible, um, you know, and I think in so many ways we've been greatly desensitized. You know, we we've seen it throughout COVID this this desensitization desensitization of the complex realities of humanity and life and life lost and 
And I think a lot of people just kind of forget that there is uh, the reality behind it all, which is tragedy. You know, however seriously or not seriously we take our lives or life in general for granted, you know, um, there's just been a lot of ugliness that we've seen, not just during COVID. I think that just made it super apparent, but throughout our lifetimes. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert or anything, but I, I do observe, and that's what I'm talking about, are just the observations of seeing such coldness to horrible, horrible, horrible things. And, you know, watching everything happen as it's happening right now regarding uh, Ukraine, it's it's heavy. It's so heavy and so horrible and appalling. And it's... A, it's <sighs> I don't mean this in a, uh, you know, it, it is. It's a very privileged thing to say, actually. I, it, it totally is. It's distracting. So, and when I say that, I mean it's, it's hard to put it aside, you know, that there are these horrible, horrible, horrible things happening. And they've been happening. They've been happening in so many countries, in so many regions. Um, and after a couple days, they tend to stop trending and, and we, you know, turn around and look, look, look at the new thing, the new shiny, horrible thing or new Kardashian trend. I don't know. Um, but that's that's where the the both the benefit and the disadvantage of, of things like the internet come in play, you know, the internet where, again, we are very privileged. Um, if, if most of my listeners are in the U S or even, you know, the, the UK or, you know, in Canada, we're very privileged to have that access to see, you know, that, that kind of unrestricted content. Um, and information, you know, and, and we can talk about algorithms and all of that that unfortunately play its part as well uh, in the destruction of everything. Um, but the, the point is, you know, we're, we're, we're able to see it and we're able to, you know, I think, I think a lot of it, I was talking to my friend about it, about how, you know, the callousness of people's reactions to Ukraine and and other instances, you know, um, and the only projection is is humor. And it's horrible. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right to make light of something so heavy and intense, um, especially what feels like a world over, but it's not, but what feels like we're so away from it. Um, and I think it's just because of that accessibility to it. We don't know. We, we don't have the, the mental, the mentality to grasp 
you know, the the depth of it all. Um, and I'm not going to make jokes or make try, try, even try to make light. There's none of it. There's no place for it in my my opinion, um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's another thing we can't let traction slide on in terms of visibility, like everything else that, you know, has, has literally (laughs) been put smack dab in front of our faces, the horrors of it, the realities of the horrors of these major, major world events. And within days, not even weeks, days, we're talking about something else. And, you know, that's just, it's it's not fair. It's not right. And even my dogs apparently have opinions on it. Um, so, you know, not to have taken this into a completely somber regard, but that is, that is what's happening, you know, and, and we'll see how things look when this episode airs. Uh, hopefully they are, I mean, it. Is there even a looking better in this this situation? Uh, Hopefully they're not looking as bleak, I guess. So I don't want to complain. I don't want to sit here and I don't want to even say, oh, you know, events like this, they put things in perspective because it's just, it's so inconsiderate, you know, looking at, other people's suffering and being like, oh, well, at least I'm not them. You know, and we do that all the time. We can't help it. Um, And I think it's, I think it's, I think that's where that uh, separation happens as well, that inability to empathize and to see the emotional and physical gravity of a situation because, well, it's not us. Right. We're always told that. And there's there's that connection there of even being told it, you know, parents or grandparents telling us, well, at least you're not, you know, living on the streets or at least you're not doing this or at least you're not like this. And and it helps sometimes. But I also think it creates an exponential distinction for us to sympathize and empathize you know so that's just something that's just something to to mull over and to think about you know the reality of the situation if if you are I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh everybody needs to turn on the news and watch this 24 7 that's a not healthy b not practical for everybody and not everybody doesn't have the mental capacity to intake all of that. I mean, like, I've been, again, talking to my same friend, and we're both talking about it. It's, it's so hard not to just cry, like, at random anymore because it's so brutal to witness and to see and to hear and to, 
you know, you're surrounded by this information. And while it's, val- you know, valuable information that we need to acknowledge, it's hard. So the point is, do what you got to do, <laughs> you know. Uh, just don't do it uh, with people who are being harmed as the butt of the joke. That is typically just the way it should always be. Um, so, okay. Also, thank you for sticking through that with the dogs going wild in the background. If you've ever wondered why I don't have guests on the show, that's why. (laughs) Uh, the dogs are just, uh, love them to death, but they are kind of idiots. Um, and they bark at falling leaves. So, anyway... I wanted to talk about something that, you know, I've been kind of uh, harnessing, rolling around in my brain for the past week or two, you know, just um, something I feel is important. You know, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I talked about something that happened, and if you heard it, you know... I didn't get into the depth of the, of it because ultimately I was just one one person who was affected out of you know somebody other people who were greatly affected and and somebody who was severely affected in ways that are essentially immeasurable um but you know that that thing has unfortunately you know the in the episode I went on about, you know, going into 2022, you know, fearless, essentially fearless, just doing what I had to do. And I've been trying to remind myself of that. You know, I have to I have to live up to that. I have to uphold it. But the reality of that is it's hard. It's really, really hard because I I realized but I didn't really realize the intensity to which I was psychologically affected. Um, there was just a lot of gaslighting. A lo- I mean, it. anyway, I don't want to get back into it, but there was a lot that kind of screwed me up mentally, and factors of it are still actively screwing me up. And it's interesting because, again, you know, every time I start to think on it, I, re- I remind myself of that podcast. I remind myself, like, nope. You said it. You established it. You have to figure out how to move on from it. You know, you have to figure out how to work past it, work beyond it, and and deal with it in whatever way is necessary. And I think I think what a lot of that situation, I think part of it that really kind of screwed me up. And again, I'm not complaining here, but what kind of really screwed me up was the isolation of it all. You know, that's what people uh, of that mentality who who performed like that, <laughs> who did those harmful things, that's that's kind of their their MO. You know, they isolate you. Um, and it doesn't have to be it. it was a work relationship, but it's still very similar to, you know, uh, the concept of 
a lot of really messed up dynamics. Um, so there was a lot of isolation that came with it. And I'm already, <laughs> I've already got a lot of <laughs> aches and pains in my, in my brain, if you will. Um, but dealing with that progressively, you know, and, and trying to figure out the best way to move forward. And I think I've established the best way to move forward, uh, how to move forward. And I've shared these, these thoughts with the other people who've been involved, you know, to some extent. <clears throat> and we all share, you know, very similar, uh, opinion on the matter, which is, you know, how, how we would mentally deal with facing the uh, catalyst for, you know, this event, um, if we ever had to face it again, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. Um, but I had an interaction recently that kind of put it back into my peripheral, you know, where I really had to sit back and think because there was a chance. There was a chance of even having to hear this this catalyst's name uh, or whatever you know, that, to, to think on, you know what I mean? Like it really kind of made me real a little and had to, um, really put things into perspective. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I did, I sat on it and my anxiety kind of peaked. <laughs> it was not great. And, I just want, you know, I think at the end of the day, again, going back to that podcast episode where I talked about, you know, going into, you know, the, the, the future fearless, I'm very proud of myself. I did that. I quelled those nagging little voices in my head, you know, and, and I was ready, you know, of course it, it goes in waves, <laughs> the moments that, you know, it hits hard again and it's like, I don't know if I can do this. The point is, um, the importance of community you know, there are plenty of instances where we see communities are actually less beneficial. <laughs> um, you know, being being an artist, being anybody, being a, but an artist in a small town with a fairly small artistic community... Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And you rely on a lot of factors, especially with visibility. 
And that's kind of why I started doing like conventions in the first place is because it's it's a way to meet other people, meet other artists, to gain visibility. I understand my art, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I I think I'm a pretty good artist, you know, I'm okay. But there aren't a ton of galleries that focus on pop culture themed work. There are, but there aren't. Um, and so I know, you know, when we look at illustrators and comic artists and fan artists and all of that, the crowd gets significantly smaller. And like I said, it's it's easier to look at, you know, things that are in Los Angeles or in Riverside or even Vegas, things that are within, you know, a five-hour proximity, essentially, and we have to travel to them. And those communities end up, even though they, they seem super vast, they're actually relatively small. So a lot of my isolating fear was... What's happening within these communities? And um, is the the catalyst that had affected myself and others, is that a persistent catalyst in those in that community as well, the community that i was I was a part of. And, you know, i I try to clarify as often as I can. I'm not here for high school. BS. I'm not here for drama. I'm not here for small mentalities. I'm not here for competition. I'm not here to babysit, especially babysit men. I'm not here to babysit, you know? So I st- I'm, it's still something that I'm dealing with, something that, you know, I'm going to have to face at some point or another. And an opportunity kind of, like I said, it presented itself. And just through conversations, it's something that I may have to face. I don't know. I hope not. But what I'm getting at is it's people talk. You know, people talk. And, you know, I I think I brought it up last week. I went to a concert and I started talking to somebody and they started telling me about something else in that community. And I've never met this person. Um, and it just, it's, it happens, you know? So the point is, <laughs> communities are small. And things get around and things happen and all that. But I'm not here for that. I'm not here for gossip. I'm not here for clicky, weird Things. I'm here to do what I do, do what I love, and pursue it with every fraction of love and passion that I have for it. And I will be, not going to bleep it, I'll be damned if I let somebody or some catalyst or something jump in the way and try to stop me, you know, and... I swear there is a point to this, a much bigger point. <laughs> um, the point is, is as I've been kind of dealing with this, I have been very fortunate. I 
you know, I I get in my head and I feel like, oh, I've 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 just super isolated myself. I am I am the master, the king of self-isolation, you know, but I have wonderful people, you know. Um I have people who listen to me and hear me out and I feel like I do take that for granted. I really do because I don't always remember that I don't have to isolate, you know, and I was talking to a friend and it was very, I guess, validating because, and and he didn't know, you know, what I was, I was dealing with mentally, but the way, you know, we, we have long been very supportive of each other, you know, in artistic fields and everything. But this this person in particular, the way he talked to me, it kind of just re-established something in my mentality. And it was about trust. And that, I don't know, like it it, it hurt to hear not that it hurt to hear it was a good thing that he said and it it hurt to hear because it was something that um i hadn't been giving myself you know what i mean and i know we all do it we all do that where we sit there and we convince ourselves of ridiculous things <laughs> and when you hear somebody else say it you don't realize it's the thing you needed to hear but it was you know so um the point is to remember who you're surrounding yourself with. You know, there are going to be people who um, who want to see you fail, who want to be the distraction or the catalyst or the na- – they don't real I don't know I don't understand that mentality because that's not that's not who I am but there are people who apparently thrive on that who thrive on cultivating that kind of turmoil I don't know what it is I don't know if it's just a new age of bullying, <laughs> not even a new age, because I know this has existed forever, but just, it, it's just, it's something I think dealing with as we get older, this, this, again, this mentality. So, you know, this, this friend who I was talking to and everything and all of my friends who I talk to, you know, it, there's nothing quite like talking to other artists. There's nothing... And I know you guys know that, like talking to people who do the same thing as you, because I think especially in creative fields, it's very easy to, again, isolate yourself, especially when that community feels so small and it's, it's like you're crying, you're begging to talk to somebody who understands who understands the pressures, who understands the challenges, who understands the 
the rushes, the goodnesses of it, you know, the, the best parts of it, but who underst- understands the the work, the work ethic, the um, the amount of time that goes into your craft. Talking to people like that is so important. And I think it also, I because that, that's another thing that I am just never here for, is egos. I can't. I don't want to deal with egos. I feel like I don't need to deal with egos. They're going to happen. You're going to find them. And I think everybody is entitled to inflated heads here and there. I get them. You know, sometimes it happens. And I think it's totally fine. But when you perpetually have this major ego, mm-mm. Don't want it. Don't want to deal with it. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> so I think talking to your peers, talking to the people who, you know, like I said, for me, in my instance, talking to other artists, it's very humbling because suddenly you don't feel as alone. Psychologically and in your field, it's so much easier to experience the joys that you have kind of in your own way uh sabotaged because you're focusing on that isolation the loneliness of it the potential ego building of it it's easier to focus on the negatives you know and um when you have your community when you have your people you know, I, I talk to Eric regularly, Eric Rivera, who, you know, he is actually on the cover of this month's issue. And he is such a good friend. And, you know, he... It's it's always so insightful when I get to talk to him because, again, you know, it's it's just this, this language and this bond that is hard to get all the time. You know what I mean? And I just think that's so important and something that everybody needs to be a part of. And I think that's where the world of myth and the magazine and the entire network, um, I think that's what is very important, you know, is because it is it is this community. And I know... There are plenty of writers who talk on a personal level, who, you know, email back and forth or talk on the phone. And they it's it's very important. It's just so important to network with these people as friends. Because otherwise, I, I truly, truly believe we will drive ourselves to absolute madness without it. Um, and that's just, that's the sad reality of it. You know, you can't, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's why we look at, you know, the greats, the, the artistic geniuses of our times, you know, because that's probably all they freaking wanted, (laughs) you know? And I think just reading about like Van Gogh, um, we can see that. He's probably the most perfect example of that, uh, minus the legitimate uh, mental illness is that he was living with. Um, but craving that kind of camaraderie that um, 
is not easy to come by. I can talk to my mom. I can talk to her about certain things, of course. And she'll sit there and she'll listen to me go on and on about this issue or that issue. You know, oh, I'm having a hard time drawing this. I don't know how I can do this. But she's my mom. (laughs) She's going to say, I know you can do it. Uh, Because everything else that you've set out to do, you've done. Uh, But I'm not feeling that. (laughs) I talk to another artist and they're going to be like, look, you're going to have to compromise. (laughs) Either you're going to be able to do it or you're not. So figure out the best way you're going to be able to do it. And you can try X, Y, Z. You can try this technique. And it's just, I don't know, it's those little things, those little things. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is just an introvert problem. Maybe. I'm, I, <laughs> I don't know. Is this a problem for extroverts? Do you guys, do you guys deal with this on a daily basis? Um, so the, the point, the ultimate point of this long-winded uh, personal conversation, <laughs> one-sided conversation, is to find your community, to find the people. Um, it's hard. It is. But it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And it makes a world of difference. Um, because there are people who are going to stand behind you. There are the people who are going to believe you, who are going to trust you, who are going to earnestly, earnestly see your value. And it's very precious. <laughs> you know, I'm not um, shy of that. You know, it's it's very precious to acknowledge. And um, I'm just, I'm very grateful for my, for my artist community and uh, talking to folks all day long about art. And uh, that all being said, I am very excited for upcoming events because not only do we have PCE to look forward to and also Scarefair, I am going to, I haven't, I've Going back to the fearless, I have been very afraid. I've been very afraid to really do anything publicly, um, especially locally. (laughs) But uh, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. I am going to submit some art to a local show. Uh, Another person who is a very, very valued and dear friend of mine who is a phenom and I love her to death. Uh, she coerced me into doing it and I'll do it for her (laughs) and myself. So I'm going to be submitting to a local show. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I know locally, a lot of our arts community is mainly focused in, um, really not what I do, but a lot of the illustrators that I talk to do, but, um, eh. Who knows? Who knows, right? Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I'm very, I'm just very grateful is, is the point of this. And I think now more than ever is the time to look for gratitude um, and to look forward with empathy and sympathy and to put your kindest foot forward and to stop 
to just stop being crappy people. Not you guys, just in general, all of us as a whole, you know? <laughs> uh, so, all right. That all being said, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth bits. Do not forget the new issue is out. I will be reviewing that in the next episode. I am very excited. I read Steph's opener where she explained that there's some new faces, some new voices. Cannot wait. Um, I also want to thank everybody for also validating me uh, <laughs> and making me member of the month for last last month. That was very, very unexpected and very exciting. Um, yeah, go buy your books, go uh, hug each other, go watch some silly stuff, um, and stay informed from trusted resources. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Until next time. <laughs>